Hello, my name is Feather, and you are listening to Splintercast Reads, Bands of Mourning. When we last left off, there was a train robbery that had some weirdness, uh, some allomantic devices that were maybe from Southern Scoundrel, cough, cough, theory, theory. Uh, and yeah, so then they boarded a freight train and are on their way to New Saron. Yep. I have Starbucks because I don't know if y'all know this, but I'm a Starbucks barista, which means I don't pay full price for Starbucks, which is honestly the only reason I keep that job. I drink too much Starbucks to pay full price, but but yep, so I got my grande ristretto toffee nut white mocha over here and I'm ready to go. We're going to be reading chapters 10 through 12. And once again, if you hear naughty kitten noises in the background, that would be because Dalish is upset that I left her all day to go to my job and is expressing this displeasure through many cuddles and meows. Anyway, what am I even talking about? Okay, we're gonna read- let's read Bands of Morning. Let's do it. And I see we are one sentence into this chapter, and things are already exploding. Wax started awake to the sound of distant explosions. Okay, then. Alright. So, they're still on the train. Oh my goodness, Stairs is sleeping in his jacket. Could this be any cuter? Like, for real. Oh my gosh, I'm almost like halfway willing to forgive the excessive i am very appreciate very appreciate brandon very okay (laughs) so my lawn is looking through her bundles of bones to pick the right body for the night i'm kind of amused that melon carries around bundles of bones like lots of them all right okay also I, i you know i kind of really appreciate that the Kandra have never really been uh, put forth in a villainous light. Like, the way you think of it, like, monsters who eat humans and steal their form and can switch. Like, I know even even Palm was the antagonist of Shadows of Self, but, like, her nature as a Kandra wasn't necessarily seen as, like, horrifying or terrible. She did terrible things, but I don't know. I kind of like that the... You know, the Kandra are just, you know, that's just the way they are. That's just what they do. And I think having the, uh, you know, um, that they didn't kill people back during the final empire, that they were forbidden to do so, kind of helped pacify them a little bit and make them a little bit more okay. It's like, oh, they only eat dead bodies that were already dead. They don't kill people themselves, usually. Anyway, I don't know. It's just... Like, when you think about the Kendra as a concept, it sounds like a horror monster, but they're, like, we have characters who are Kendra. They're just kind of, not people, but they're like people. So, anyway, I just appreciate that. I, I like it a lot. Okay, so, Wax is going to go investigate things, and they are right outside New Saran. Oh, man, so he's hearing the waterfalls. Wow. Ugh, that's just so cool. I I think I might have mentioned this before in this book. I feel like I did in an earlier episode, but it's been a little while since then. But I'm picturing something a lot like Markarth from Skyrim for any who've played Skyrim. Um, just like waterfalls everywhere, very vertical city sort of thing. <sighs> and um, Wax is saying that it looks like a man-made effect I wonder how much uh, 
Sae's actually, like, had a hand in sculpting places. Like, did he make places that intentionally looked super cool when he was remaking the world? Or did he just try to put things back the way they were? I mean, we know he messed with the Alindal Basin to make it, like, more fruitful and stuff like that. So I bet he basically made this this city look super cool. Goodness. And I always get thrown off when Wax uses feminine pronouns for his gun, Vindication. He slid Vindication into her holster. All right, Wax. Like, there's a part of me that's like, okay, maybe, maybe you could chill a little bit, but we'll see. <clears throat> hey, sorry. Someone has decided that teeth and claws are a good way to show affection, and that is incorrect, Dalish. Stop. I'm reading, child. <laughs> yeah, okay, so the engineer says, I often think that Harmony was showing off a little when he made this place. And, like, I can see that. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. Huh. The the engineer just called Marasi Captain Combs. Did she get a promotion that I forgot about? Since when, it, since when is she a captain? So they have to get to the top tier to get to their um, hotel. And the engineer is saying that they should take gondolas. But I don't... I don't know that... Huh. I don't, I don't, like, the, the gondolas I feel like would only work so far as, like, you didn't need to go up a waterfall, obviously. Is there, like, a little elevator and then you get up on the next gondola on the next tier? I don't know. However, it doesn't look like they're going to be taking the gondolas because Wax is a coin shot, so. So he's talking about, um, Marasi's not having too much trouble on the jump with her skirt, and I'm reminded of, like, Vin leaping around through the mists in full ball gowns as her skirts flare out around her. Like, Marasi's like, um, I'm wearing a skirt. We shouldn't go jumping. Vin's like, I got places to be, okay? This thing is dragging me down. Vin is- Vin was the best. Vin is the best. I can use narrative present for her. She's still alive if you read the original trilogy. Shush. I'm not in denial or anything. Oh, I appreciate that. Um... Sorry, just a little one-off comment, but uh, Brandon writes, Paper girls and boys hawking broadsheets at every corner. We have paper girls, too! Yay. Like, that's totally a sentence you could have just put, Paper boys hawking broadsheets, but nope. Paper girls and boys. Heck yeah. Okay, so they were talking about... Wax says he found it interesting that the gondola system wasn't only for getting between terraces. There were also lines crossing the sky above them, carting people from one section of the terrace to another. And I was a little bit confused by this statement because when I hear gondola, I think like the shallow boats that you see in Venice, like in the canals. And I was like, that doesn't seem like it would help you get between tiers. Or like also not all that great on rivers that are crashing from waterfalls every so often. And that this seemed a little odd to me. And then I decided, you know what, I bet I am maybe picturing the wrong thing. So I go and I do a quick Google image search, and while gondola is in fact that shallow kind of boat, it can also refer to a ski lift, apparently. Except in places that aren't just for skiing. So, hey, learn something new every day. I had no idea those were called gondola lifts. But it seems odd to me that two very different kinds of transportation would both be called gondolas. But so apparently it's more like a ski lift thing with like a line and little cars that inch along it. 
So, hey, look, we've figured it out. <laughs> I totally had the wrong perception, but I'm glad we corrected it quickly. Huh. Okay, so Morassi's talking about grave robbing, but Wax tuned out because he heard something. Brachi's held up by a paper girl. Hey. On a nearby corner. Sorry, someone just jumped into my lap with claws. Dalish. Ow. You left Morassi mid-sentence. Dude. Snatches the paper. Farthing Mansion hit, the headline read. And fishes out a few clips for the girl. Um, I think we actually just saw that on the broadsheet. It's like a reversed gold symbol, I think, right? So he he knows this symbol from the roughs, he's saying. Oh, it's the symbol of Ape Manton, one of his old nemeses. Hmm. <laughs> so <clears throat> it almost seems like Wax is being intentionally distracted from his mission um, with this ape manton person. It's like, first of all, there's a train heist, and Wax wants to figure out what's going on with that. And then, all of a sudden, one of his old nemeses, who's supposed to be locked up, appears out of thin air. And uh, it's almost like, I wonder if the set had anything to do with it, now that Wax is mentioning the set. Um... Uh, I don't know. Like, could they have recruited a bunch of Wax's enemies in order to like try to try to distract him from their activities? That that would actually be a pretty smart plan, I think. Someone is biting me. That hurts. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna cuddle her. This is a disciplinary hug, Dalish. Do not derive enjoyment from it. Ow! That is my skin, like a child. Okay. I'm sorry for the kitten interruptions, but she's being naughty at the moment. So Wax is saying he's not involved with the set, but mm, <clears throat> I don't know. I don't know. Maybe the maybe it isn't the set who's totally behind this. Maybe <clears throat> the set is like one of the people who's involved, and the real ringleader has also brought in Manton. Oh, I don't know. Ha! A lurcher juggler. That's kind of fun. A waste of alimantic ability. Shut up, Wax. Not everyone has to, like, go out and vigilante fight crime with their alimancy. Maybe some people like to juggle, right? <sighs> he really is pissed. And Morassi is realizing something's wrong. You freaking don't... You fired a gun in the street? Wax, chill the heck out. What are you... You don't fire guns in the street just because you don't want the crowd to be around. Baker's breath. Okay. That that seems excessive, Wax. <laughs> so Morassi has figured out why he's mad about this. You aren't chasing him because of that, are you? He beat you. In the Hundred Lives case, Mr. Suit got the best of you. Now you're going to win the war where you lost the battle. How petty do you think I am? Considering what I just told you, I'd say I consider you precisely that petty. It's not wrong to be angry at Suit, Waxillian. He's holding your sister. Rusts, please don't let it cloud your judgment. <laughs> he, yeah, Wax, Wax needs to chill. If he's got his judgment all crazy crowded, then, clouded, not crowded, clouded, then he's not going to be able to figure things out. It really is. All right, and we have a little paragraph break. I'm guessing we're now in Wayne's point of view, so let's figure out... So, and Wayne is asking the hotel owner for her hat, 
which is festooned with flowers. He needs to wear it the next time he's an old lady. Ugh, wax. Frickin' breaking the windows. Oh my gosh. He'll pay for the repairs. He really just thinks he can do whatever he wants because he has money. And that's actually a really annoying attitude, Wax. He's... yeah. Oh, goodness. That... he needs... he needs to chill, okay? You're firing guns into crowd, you're breaking window latches. Just... chill. Chill. Oh, Steris has a list of possible scenarios that might transpire during our residence here. Um... This poor hotel owner is not ready for the Mistborn Avengers crew. Like, not not even a little bit. At least Steris is trying to be helpful. Meanwhile, like, Wax is breaking her windows and Wayne is trying to get her hat, so... <laughs> Steris is telling them that there have been 17 explosions involving Wax. And Wayne comments, he had the decency to look proud of it, at least. Okay. All right, Wayne. <laughs> I've sorted the list by potential for property damage. Steris is so good. <laughs> Ow. <sighs> and Waylon has arrived. This poor hotel owner lady. I feel so bad for her. <laughs> She's asking what kind of breasts she should wear tonight. That's kind of an improper question, Thelon, Steris finally said. You're just jealous because you can't take yours off to go for a run. Okay. <laughs> Alright. I will say, that that would be convenient, though. I kind of feel you, Melon. I'd be a little jealous of that. I wanna, I wanna stop talking about this, though. Okay, this got weird. <laughs> Melon gets her own room, because she probably wants to, um... Melt? Marasi offered. Ha! Ha ha. And Melon is gonna pose as a fellow instead. <laughs> Poor Steris, her eyes are bulging. Aww. I'm trying to remember which party they're actually going to. They, they're talking about a party, but I've forgotten what the party actually is. I'm sure I'll figure it out when they actually arrive, but... And that's the end of the chapter. So they are resting up a little bit, and then they will go to their their prescribed tasks. So here we go, chapter 11. And Wax is wearing a formal cravat and jacket. Um, I wonder if that... Uh, he's saying it reminds him of the year after he left the village, but I wonder if it actually reminds him of the roughs, too, since he always dressed so fancy out there. So the mansion they're visiting has stained glass windows and limelights, but it's apparently very different from the keeps inside, even though it's meant to evoke them. Little little callback to the original trilogy, I suppose. Okay, so we have, um, we're explaining the party. Raylur and his ravings had directed them toward this party of Kelsina Shores. Kelsina? Okay, <laughs> someone's parents were survivorists. I mean, I guess that's like Chris, Christian and Chris, Christina, if you're if you're like after Christianity, but Kelsen and Kelsina, maybe. <laughs> and 
Wax is now talking about Alabancer Jack. At least that fop Jack actually left his rusting house. I like how Jack and uh, Wax, like, really don't like each other, apparently. But also have not actually interacted in canon. Wax is just like, he's such a fop, but at least he leaves his rusting house. And then Alamancer Jack is like, I'm not Waxillium Ladrian, that buffoon, in his stories or stuff like that. Bless. Aww. She made a list of conversation openers indexed to the people it will likely work best upon. Numbers below list ways you could segue the conversation into useful areas and perhaps figure out what our targets are up to and what their connection is to the Bands of Mourning. See, Wax is like, I'm not socially incompetent, but that sounds really helpful, actually. I kind of want one of those for my entire life. Come on. Come on, Staris. Come help me out. Westweather set, as opposed to Ashweather set. Hmm. And there's a, a beggar who is apparently wearing cologne. Um, I'm wondering, is this, is this who it might be? <laughs> Regarding those coins for old Hoyd. Okay. Alright. Wax, do you not remember Hoyd was- he was your cab driver in the last book. Like, we definitely heard his name. Were you not paying attention? <sighs> I guess Wax doesn't know to look for Hoyd in every single one of his books. But, come on. He says he owns the place, technically? Huh. So, Hoyd threw the coin at Wax's head. I'm wondering if this is a special coin, perhaps. And isn't- don't we know that Hoyd is an Alamancer? Like, I think- I think he's a Mistborn. Like, I think we confirmed that he got a bead of Larosium. And we see him uh, messing with Shallan's emotions in Words of Radiance, I believe. Pretty sure. Um... <laughs> did he did he shoot this coin? I guess Wax probably would have recognized if he were uh, using steel, but I don't know. Surely that is not our only Hoyd, though. Like, come on, you gotta tell us what the coin is for, Brandon. Don't just leave me there. Ugh. Okay, that could very possibly be our only Hoyd mention, but what else? Okay, bye Hoyd. Nice seeing you. I'm kind of hoping he'll come back. He might. He was being a little more cryptic, and that feels like something that might return, possibly. I don't know. Oh, so they're not letting him take his weapons in. Interesting. Uh, the lady of the house has asked that all attendees be unburdened of items of a vulgar nature, is the way that they said it. <laughs> and Wax is... Um, not being helpful. You realize I could kill a dozen people with your cufflinks, is his response. Uh, and they're like, do we need to bring the lurcher to make certain you're being honest with us? <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm sure there- I'm, because this is a Brandon book, I'm like, there's there's a reason the Wax lost his weapons, I'm sure. I almost wonder if there's going to be a fight and Brandon was wanting to, like, have Wax do, like, a pure coin shot fight. Because we've pretty much always seen Wax using his guns in the fights. He hasn't been able to do just, like, straight-up steel pushes. Ah, we'll see. Alright, and now we're switching over to Wayne, who likes how banks work. What? Are they... I thought they were going to the graveyard to, like, dig things up. 
No? Why are, Why is there a bank? Hold up. <laughs> uh, Wayne's philosophy on banks and how they work is rather interesting, to say the least. It's the sport of it, to prove that you have a place to put all of your money and still have more money left over to fill it. Really, a bank was like a giant sign erected to say rust off to everyone who passed by, which was magnificent. Oh, okay. Alright, so Marasi wanted to come here before the graveyards. Something about bank records leading them to the right location. <laughs> so, uh, Marasi's going to be her his niece, apparently, and she's like, I'm not young enough to be your niece. At least not one who... Right. Forgotten about that as he scrunches his face up. Alright. <laughs> the Vegs employees need to know how I toil with the next generation and its woeful inadequate ability to make decisions my generation found simple and obvious. And also, they need to get off their cell phones and stop doing all this Twitter nonsense. A plus. Nice, nicely done, Wayne, imitating the older generation. I'm reminded of, like, all of those... Why are millennials obsessed with food? What's wrong with the millennial generation? Like, thought piece articles. Like, Wayne has captured the soul of a previous generation looking down upon its, uh, followers. Yep. Anyway. <laughs> and Wayne gets into character and Rossi's like, We're from the Elendel Constabulary. Captain Marasi Combs, just need to look over some deposit records. Ha. <laughs> Ha, <laughs> beautiful. Marasi ain't even playing around, Wayne. Also, she must have been promoted, because she's Captain Combs now. Okay, so Marasi has declared there will be no thumping. <clears throat> Sorry, my voice gave out. And now we are... Oh, no, we're not back with Wax. We're still... We have just gone uh, a little farther in time with Marasi and Wayne. So we're still in the bank. Okay. So the banker appears to not be totally convinced to let them look at these records. Um, but there's something. Oh, and Wayne is uh, admiring her bustle, so to speak. Okay. All right. I like the kind of like double meaning play there because she bustled over to the banker, which is describing her movement. But because we're like steampunk, the bustle is also the back of the, uh, it's like the floofy part of the dress. So, hey, that's kind of fun. A telegram. <laughs> Do keep an eye on the short man and check your till after he leave. Wow. <laughs> Here now, Wayne said. That's right unfair. Those things cost a clip every five words to send they do. Already wasted good money libel in me. <laughs> Technically, it's defamation. Yup, manure through and through. Oh, goodness. Also, I'm sure there are ringing bells in the background, and that would be someone playing with her feather toy. But hey, it's better than her playing with my toes. So, oh, Dalish. The joys of kitten parenting. <laughs> so they're all selling uh, clothing off the dead, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> So Marasi says she had to know who to employ is why she was looking for crooked grave diggers. So, okay. And that's the end of the chapter. So, last one. Here we go. Chapter 12. So we're back with Wax and Steris uh, at the party. Yay! Steris is back. 
Okay. Oh, fashion is very different down here. I'm not in style. I'm avant-garde. Steris is actually surprisingly good at this. Like, I know she she says it's because she practiced, but she's surprised. Like, it may not come natural to her, but she figures it out, and she does a really, really good job. Huh. It says there were classical pieces like the Ascendant Warrior rising above a flock of ravens, the typical depiction of the Lord Ruler's wraiths, of whom only death himself remained. Interesting. So, the Inquisitors have now become raven wraiths and marsh is the only one left i like that they know that marsh used to be an inquisitor anyway i mean i guess uh says probably put the details in his book but interesting ah uh, yes he's from Alindel, their political enemy oops <laughs> wow so he orders simple gin and tonic which got him a raised eyebrow. Apparently that wasn't fancy enough. Should have ordered straight up whiskey. Wax, could you just like try to behave for four seconds? Steris is working really hard to make sure you guys blend in at this party. You can get the information. You're like, I want whiskey at the bar because I want to make people uncomfortable. Chill. Chill, son. Like, I feel like that's all I ever say to Wax is like, chill. Be nice to Steris. Chill. Wax just needs to calm down with literally everything he does. Chill. Ha. Okay, and uh, Hoyd's coin is back. Yes, I knew it was a weird coin. Ha. Figured it out. So, it was not a five spin as Wax admits. I wonder if that's five spin or five's pin. I wonder if it's five spin, like... A coin shot could spin the coin or something. I don't know. Because it's all one word, so... Oh. The symbols on that coin. They're the same ones as on the walls and pictures of the Yuri book. Oh, look. <laughs> Wax has figured out that Hoyd was not just a beggar. There you go. There you go. He's Hoyd. He's special. Alright, so Lady Kelasina is here. Interesting. And he's taking it back to Steris because Steris knows everything and she's great. I'm more interested in how that beggar got it and why he threw it at me, Wax says. Uh, yeah, that would be because he's Hoyd and he threw it at you because he's Hoyd. <laughs> he's certain now that beggar had been something more than he pretended. Oh, if only you knew, Wax. Ah. Aww. And he asks if she wants to take the lead. He's like, you're good at these, stairs. You really are. Don't give me any of your rhetoric about being boring. Oh, In this case, it's not that I'm boring. It's more that I'm off. I've learned to fake being normal, but lists of prepared comments and jokes can only take me so far. People can sense that I'm not being authentic, that I don't like the things they like or think the way they do. Sometimes it amazes me that people like Wayne or even Oskandra can be so startlingly human when I feel so alien. I love her so much. And that's like, okay, admittedly, I am not autistic. I have some friends who are on the spectrum, but I am not myself. But that sounds like such a good description of, and it, do, it doesn't seem wrong or bad necessarily. Like Steris says that it's hard for harder for her, but like, She's she's not broken or damaged. She just thinks differently. 
She has to pretend to be normal. And she's gotten good at pretending to, you know, do the normal stuff. But it's it's still difficult for her and it takes effort. And I'm just, I'm just so appreciative that Brandon takes, you know, neuroatypical characters. He shows people from all of these different kinds of situations and makes them heroic. You know, Starris joined the firefight. She helped Wax out. She's not just this quirky one-off character who's there to be the butt of a joke or anything. She's sympathetic and she's important and she's wonderful and I'm gushing over Starris, but I I love the way Brandon writes her. I love the way Brandon writes, period. Let's be real. And I mean, I'm sure that comes as a shock to no one considering how involved I am in this fandom, but it's it's important. And that's why Splintercast is here, so that I can wax on. <laughs> no pun intended, actually. Sorry. Like, honestly, I didn't realize it until I said it. But like, to, to go on at length about, you know, the things I love in these books and stuff like that is super important to me. I love it. Okay. Anyway, back to the story. Had to have Starris appreciation moment because I live a Starris appreciation life. See, and I feel like Wax is having the wrong response here. Sorry, I just moved on. And he says he wished he could figure out how to keep her from saying things like that. I don't think you need to keep her from saying things like that, Wax. I think she's being honest. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think Wax kind of sees that as there's something wrong with her and she's good at this. So she shouldn't feel this way. But it's like, that's the way she actually does feel. You should listen to her and, you know, be empathetic with the way that she feels. But I don't think he needs to try to, like, fix her or get her to stop saying those things. She's sharing her honest reactions and beliefs. Anyway. Yeah, every time he tried to argue the point, it only seemed to make her withdraw. Don't don't invalidate her. Listen and affirm her. <laughs> so I like how uh, Lord Gave, who they have come over to talk to, is... Um, he seems to be kind of trying to make Wax feel at ease. Uh, he's like, there aren't many shootouts, so it probably won't be entertaining for you. And the rest of the people around are like, what? And it's like, oh yeah, he's a lawman. Um, just sort of like bringing, um, yeah, lots of things. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. So there's, uh, Wax asked about his hobbies, earning a nod from Steris, and his data saying that he loves archaeology. He seems to be trying to cover this up now, um, but that seems like exactly what they need. Ooh, wow. So I thought Lord Gave was trying to help them out, uh, but it seems he's actually taking shots across the bow here. I'm sure you saw the type up in the roughs, Lord Waxilium, men who'd spent their lives in society but suddenly decided to go off seeking some kind of thrill or another where they don't belong. <laughs> and Wax responds with, better they try something new as opposed to wasting their lives in the same old activities, and Gabe says, Lord Waxillium, disappointing one's family is hardly original. Oh, oh, snap. Yeah, that's, that's pretty blatant. And he, he has a cousin named Valette. I love the callbacks to the original trilogy. I always love them. Wow. Wow. And now he's insulting Steris. How dare you? Steris is so smart. She's like, 
We don't want our targets to know that we're approaching them specifically, so we need to interact with unaffiliated people in between. She's so smart. She's so smart. Felice Demou. Demou has relatives? Oh. Last time we saw him, he was on Roshar. Did y'all know that General Demou shows up in Roshar? Because he does. Also, I'm really upset because... So, I speak French, and so I should have pronounced Demou's name correctly. And I definitely said Demo and Renault for the longest time. But it should definitely be Demou. Ugh. So. Fax doesn't want to make small talk because he doesn't want to play by their rules. Wax, I know that you are, like, just wired to be contrary to society in general, but I'm going to come back to my mantra for you. Just chill. Okay, and someone is taking his... He's... he. Some, someone's coming to take him to dance, who appears to be Terrace. Hmm. A crasher. I like the twinborn names. Um... I was actually writing an AU with uh, some of my original characters, but on, like, who they would be if they were on uh, Scadriel, and I figured out two of them would probably be Twinborn, and I looked up the, like, actual Twinborn names. Uh, one was a Soother and a Connector, which is a pacifist, apparently, and then the other one was a Rioter and a Brute, which is a Strongarm, so Twinborn names are fun. I don't know if they are officially canon. I think they're from the Mistborn Adventure game. And they haven't done all of the combinations, but they've got quite a few. Um, they're, they're definitely fun to look through. Huh. You're one of only three crashers ever born, Lord Waxilium. That is a very specific statistic to know. <sighs> Infant mortality on Skadriel is not as bad as some regions, but is still shockingly high. Is she a world hopper? Surely, if she's talking about infant mortality on Skadriel, Skadriel, whatever, Skadriel, like, obviously that would have to be versus other places. As she says, regions, but I'm guessing she means worlds. She's, she's ducking away from the question. Did my uncle send you? <clears throat> I have little interest in your local politics. Huh. And I'm guessing she means local to the world, yep. What? Okay, so this is some kind of researcher. <laughs> Conservation of momentum, she says. When you store weight, are you storing mass, or are you changing the planet's ability to recognize you as something to attract? Is there a difference? I've wondered about that. If you slow down when you become heavier mid-flight, then it's not likely due to you having trouble pushing, but due to the laws of physics. <laughs> Who is this? What world is she from? I I need to know who is this person. Please experience please experiment with this further and send me word. Thank you. Now if I can just figure out why there's no redshift involved in speed bumps. Okay, hold up. I am not a physics person and I don't get into all of the alimantic faster than light travel threads because, you know, that's I'm a linguist. Alright, I ain't got no business being in the deep physics threads. But I'm pretty sure I remember people talking about redshift and blue shift. And I know what those are. That's light uh, when it's being compressed or 
uh, compressed or expanded, basically. Like, most of the universe has a redshift because it's the universe is expanding and pulling away from us, which makes the light go redder than it should be. Look at me. I'm, I feel so smart knowing basic physics terms. Whatever. Um, but I don't think we knew there's no redshift involved in speed bubbles. And that feels like Brendan just, like, tossing a little bone to the theorizers who are going to go crazy over it. So, hey, y'all get back to me. Figure out what all that speed bubble redshift stuff is and what it means. Because I might know the technical definition of redshift, but I certainly don't know enough to actually figure it out. Figure it out. So, cool. So I'm reminded of, like, coming across the coded messages in Words of Radiance. And I'm like, somebody figure that out and get back to me. I'll do the hard fandom stuff. I'm just going to go write fanfic. That's the, There we go. Feathers contributions to the fandom. I'm so glad we have smart fandom people who figure out things like code breaking and, you know, physics in general. Huh, okay, so who was that? She had dark skin, which he thought Terrace, but he said darker than most Terrace. And I'm trying to think if we, what are they like, really, do we know of main races that are specifically dark skin? I'm thinking like people from Azir or the Makabaki regions on Roshar, but I don't know, she didn't seem very Rosharan. I will have to see. And I'm I'm sure there are people with dark skin in other places than Roshar. Let's be real. Anyway, continuing, she gave him a card. Um <clears throat> Hey, hey Wax, read read the card. Tell me what the card says. Wax. Wax. <sighs> card had an address in Elendel, but no name. Okay. <laughs> he thinks she's from the set. His uncle's trying to breed Alamancer. A woman asking about the specifics of Alamantic powers couldn't be a coincidence. Or maybe she's a world hopper who wants to figure out your magic system. You know what? I bet she's from the 17th shard. I bet she is. And that is in infinitely hilarious because <laughs> like, I'm imagining there's quite a few members of our 17th shard, the website, who, if dropped into one of the Cosmere worlds, would probably go up to, say, an Alamancer and be like, hey, is there redshift involved in your speed bubbles? Do you slow down when your weight's in the air? Conservation of momentum. Like, y'all got pinned. This lady is you. This lady is our website. Huh, so someone asked Steris to dance, but she's not going for it. Aw, she seemed troubled by the idea that someone unknown might find her attractive. <laughs> Wax took a drink, then nearly choked. Sirs is like, poison? Wax says, sugar, about seven cups of it. It's like Sprite, Wax. Wax has his first Sprite. Devlin Ayers is an informant here at the party. As someone who played as a sketch. Scadrian informant. I'm interested in this informant person. <laughs> and Wax studied the man for a time, but when he looked back towards Steris, half of his fizzy yellow drink is gone. Steris likes Sprite. Have I mentioned that Steris Harms is cute, you guys? Because I... she's... she's adorable. <laughs> Besides, who knows? Maybe he'll pull a knife on you and you'll get an excuse to punch him anyway. Don't get my hopes up. He says. Aw, they're cute. <laughs> Only Wax would be hopeful that someone pulls a knife on him. Okay. Alright, and now we are 
uh, back with Marasi and Wayne, who have actually found themselves at the graveyard with a statue of Kelsier. Interesting. <laughs> Yikes. And he has a spear through his chest. Yee. Doctrine explains that Kelsier is not dead, but surviving and planning to return in their time of greatest need. Uh-oh, someone sat on my keyboard and moved it down. Yeah, you. She stuck close to Wayne, not because she felt more comfortable having him beside her. Huh, my, uh, Wayne Rossi shipping friend will be very interested in that line. Let me just see. Okay, so my cat has climbed up onto my face. So that that has happened. Alright, let's let's continue. <laughs> so Wayne is saying, okay, we're doing it my way this time. And he swiped her credentials. Okay. Uh, and he stomped on the the, the the he destroyed the top hat and he's Okay. Alright. Wayne Oh, he's he's gonna cut her dress away? Oh, okay. And and he's calling her Mara. Uh, huh, huh. Oh, this is definitely ship tease. Alright. Goodness. <laughs> Wayne, I'm shocked, she said. You're an excellent seamstress. Clothes is fun to play with. Ain't no reason that can't be manly. I like Wayne when he's doing stuff like this. I don't like... Um, yeah. I, I don't like when he's, like, being mean to Steris, but I'm so ambivalent about Wayne. Like, literally ambivalent. Like, I go between Wayne, you're awesome, and Wayne, oh my gosh, just stop. Like, being seriously pissed at him. And she's not blushing. Interesting. So they put statues of mistrates on their grave to supposedly scare away real mistrates. All right. <laughs> I'm an honest man, the grave digger says. Okay. <laughs> Wayne is go going to use the name Mr. Coins. Huh. <laughs> Sentimental value, Wayne says of the spike. It belonged to a friend, and it was really hard for him to part with it. All right. <laughs> I don't speak ska, she said in the ancient terrace language. Could you perhaps talk in terrace, please? <clears throat> she speaks ancient terrace? Why does Marasi speak ancient terrace? Does Wax speak ancient terrace? I could understand why Wax would, because he actually spent time in the terrace alienage that isn't an alienage, because it's, it's just a village, but it's totally an alienage. Um, but why would Marasi? She's, she's not a fericomist. She's not terrace. She just, she just learned ancient terrace for fun? Okay. Also, is Ska the actual name of their language? That would be interesting. Because she said, I don't speak Ska. Or was she saying, like, I don't speak commoner? That could be interesting. I don't think we've ever seen a name for what language they speak around here. We get it in, uh, like, Stormlight Archive because they speak different languages. So you hear people talking about speaking Alethi or speaking Vedin or speaking Shin. But, although, here we have the ancient terrace language, so, I don't know, what's the, what's the name of the regular language? I don't know. Man, this grave robbing scene is super creepy. 
the lantern and the mists and metal mist wraiths. <laughs> Survivor, he didn't waste nothing useful. <laughs> Wayne says, Sep Nobleman wasted a fair number of them. <laughs> Wasn't a waste, the shop said, chuckling. Thought there was weapons testing. Gotta make sure your knives is working. Why sometimes the sharpens online need lots of testing. Make sure they don't break down in the middle of a good killing. Okay. <laughs> Alright. I'm imagining, like, I think it's... I have not played the game, but I think it's Grand Theft Auto where, like, when you get killed, it just says, Wasted on the screen. And that's what I'm seeing, like, Kelsier stabs a nobleman and everything goes black and white. Wasted. Get wrecked, son. Okay. And, alright, he's digging up the grave and that's the end of the chapter. So, okay. Um, that's a pretty good stopping place, you know, not too cliffhangery. I appreciate when I don't have to end on cliffhangers. Makes my peace of mind much better. I'll have to claw at the windows to get to the next one. So, alright. I think I'm gonna go ahead and call it a night. This is kind of a long episode, so good night, dear friends. Actually, we probably post these in the morning, so good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever time you might be listening to this. And this is Feather and Dalish, because she's sitting on my face, signing off.